Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Run a little late, guys. That's my fault. I told Luke and Chad earlier that we may be running a little late. Uh, just coming back from a buddies of mine boat party, and uh, the boat only goes so fast. Um, so here we are, and uh, good to be the here. Welcome boat in. only goes so fast. Oh, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. Nick sent me this gif of this like, you know, jet ski or this boat just absolutely hauling tail across the uh, the water. And I don't know. Did you ever see Eastbound and Down? Oh, yeah. Classic. Yeah. Totally reminded me of Kenny Powers. Right. With his jet ski on that. Absolutely great, guys. Be sure to check out Eastbound and Down. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. You know what else is amazing? Hello, everybody. Saturday, Mile High Insiders. Uh, I don't know how much we can spill the beans on Saturdays for Mile High Insiders going on there, but uh, welcome in uh, 521 at 621 Mountain Time. And you got Dylan in the house. What's up, Dylan? Says, Sup, Broncos Country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Also, Dale's in the house saying, Evening, Nick, Luke, Dylan, and Scott. If he's here in the background tonight, Scott is here as well. Um, we also have Jeff saying, I uh, topic tonight, I think they're going to go hand in hand. A good OC will attack the defense as a weakness. Absolutely. We'll uh, get into that in just a second here. And um, my mic, I don't know how to turn up my mic on my end a little bit, but uh, hopefully no. that can be. Uh, no, you're just coming through just a little soft on my end, but. Uh, let me know too if I'm okay. Um, you're good. But, uh, you're good. What's up, Paul? appreciate you joining MHI, man. It's absolutely awesome to have Broncos country rocking with us. We've got a huge show tonight. We're going to talk offense. What is the Broncos offense going to look like? I think we got some. Revealing hints from Quinn Miners this week in the press conference and uh, his press conference quotes are certainly making the rounds, yeah. but it's an exciting time, man. We're, we're on the cusp of a new culture change, but a brand new offense as well. So yeah. before we get there, guys, this is MHI. We appreciate you joining us. We want to keep the shout outs going. Miller 707 champ coming in here thank you so much for joining us on your saturday night you've also got our good friend kathy lund good evening fam hope everyone is well uh it's so awesome to see folks in the stream just waiting and yeah. they can't wait to get to talk about their broncos and they're going to be able to do that here on our mile high huddle live stream jeff noise is coming in fast and furious with a very generous $10 super chat saying this is an interesting topic tonight regarding the Broncos 2022 offense. We know that Russell Wilson has got a cannon of an arm. We know mm -hmm. that he is accurate. We know that he loves to throw the ball deep, but he also has had a lot of success running the ball. with Some guy mm -hmm. named Marshawn Lynch and Nick, I've been watching a lot of old Marshawn Lynch tape mm -hmm. and trying to figure out how Russ liked to utilize the running back position very early in his career, because I think yeah. that can give us hints how a nine-time Pro Bowl, Super Bowl winning quarterback is ultimately going to want to use Javante Williams, Mike Boone, and Melvin Gordon. Yeah, no, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to figure out how all of that works and a lot of questions uh, for the Broncos this year with how the offense is all going to come together. But uh, we're going to dig into it some tonight for sure. And hopefully, like you mentioned, you had a great article on Quinn Miners and a lot of his topics from his recent press conference there. So we'll get into that. And thank you so much, Jeff, for joining us. Also, Karen Haynes coming in here. Shout out to our Mile High Huddle ladies. Also saw Kathy was in the house. Uh, Karen comes in and says, we'll definitely see a variety of play calls that elicit a fairly happy medium, but I'm mm. mostly excited to see it. Shermer just had no clue. It will be a nice change for sure. Yeah, I guess you can call me a Shermer. What's the word here? Uh, not pacifist, but uh, apologist, because like you're only ever as good as your quarterback. And same with Vic Fangio. Like he, he said it on his last press conference, you know, like, well, why are we here where we've been the last three years? We had the worst quarterback in the division every single year we played football. Um, and guess what happens when you have the worst quarterback? You're going to end up probably having the worst team. So uh, that's where you've been. And uh, hopefully the Broncos now 
better coaching staff. Yes. Hopeful all that, but uh, with the better coach, with the better players um, makes everybody else look better. I, and I'm, I'm very much a believer that uh, it's about the Jimmy's and Joe's not the X's and O's. I think Bill Belichick even said that the scheming and everything that changes about the 10% of the game, which makes a big difference, you know, the overall, but 90% is just how good of players you actually have. Well, and you have to, it's all about game plans. Karen's exactly right. You have got to somehow figure out a game plan each week that is specific to your opponent. Now I would argue in the AFC West, because you have these heavyweight hitters in Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and because Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro are over there, I'm going to include Derek Carr in that conversation. You need to run up some clock as well. Yes, the Broncos are expected to have a very exciting defense, and we all can't wait. Nick, I know you've been chomping at the bit to see what this defense is going to look like ever since this whole staff was hired. But – we just got to wait just a little bit longer. Training camp, we'll get a little more more clues, but a defense's best friend is a running game where you have some control over the clock, and sometimes yeah. that's how the Broncos are going to be able to sneak through a couple of wins maybe they shouldn't get this season, but because they have that veteran leadership of Russell Wilson, maybe checking over to a run play or calling a run play, advocating for a run play, play in the redstone ultimately gets the broncos there no one's gonna argue with w's that's the bottom line so i absolutely love it michael ranquillo he never argues with w's always giving us w's over here at mhh saying good evening broncos country we appreciate you so much michael um it's awesome to know that broncos country is all over nick as we love to praise everybody it's not a geographical location it is a state of being yeah, and absolutely big time coming in saying Jason Bolin, $15 over on YouTube. Great topic. Thank you, Jason. That's very nice. So that's from Chad and Luke there. So shout out to them. Uh, made a bold prediction on Twitter on this offense. Three pass catchers over 1,000 yards, 2,007 yards from scrimmage for the running backs, 4,900 yards, 47 touchdowns for Russell Wilson, four players to 10 or more touchdowns. Thanks, Luke and Nick. MHI rocks. Uh, if the Broncos are doing that, then we're talking at least playoffs, uh, if not more. But that's those are regular season stats. So uh, that would be a playoff team this year. And uh, God, I hope we can get that. Uh, that would be amazing. What a night and day difference that would be compared to what we've seen in Mile High in, over the last six seasons. Jason's my guy. I uh, absolutely love Jason. He's a good friend of mine. Thank you so much. Got to meet Jason uh, for the first time with his family. Uh, Broncos training campus. I got to meet so many of you guys. Be sure to say hello as you're out there. You never know who you're going to see. Lots of old Broncos come back to camp and they sit on the hill. Yeah. Uh, but it's always nice to see Broncos country make the pilgrimage, especially yeah. with our kids. And yeah. uh, Jason, thank Jason, thank you so much for the support, man. I'm looking forward to seeing you this summer. And uh, Cleek coming in saying Chad and Zach must go on boat parties before every single one of their shows. So uh, I guess you know we're used to being on time and. Uh, <laughs> I gave a little bit of a heads up, but still run a little late. Uh, Gary Woods Palmer also <laughs> saying, uh, I have a commitment, maybe another boat party going on. Um, so I will catch you guys later, but wanted to stop by and show some love. Thank you so much, Gary. We appreciate you. Uh, hope your commitment's fun. Hopefully it's a positive <coughs> commitment um, and you have a good weekend. Hopefully the weather's good. It's beautiful here. It's one of the most beautiful days we've had all year out here in Seattle. So we got dumped it. on Nick. We got dumped no, on. I heard, I saw. Dude, I woke up to eight inches of snow. There were tree branches broken, all that stuff. We were good because it got all that stuff taken care of. But uh, yeah, man, it was one of the latest snowstorms I've ever experienced in my life here being a Colorado native, but we needed it because the state is always mm-hmm. on fire and so dry. So uh, that's absolutely cool. And yeah, Nick, just to echo your point, happy graduation to a lot of folks out there, whether that be college, high school, kindergarten, middle school continuation. It's really cool to see kids start to celebrate those things. I know we've got some high school graduates on our street, but yeah. it's cool to see kids and people getting together again, Nick, and starting to really celebrate those accomplishments. So uh, if you know a grad or wedding, it's wedding season, right? Yes, it is. Um, it, it's a really cool time of the year. And football's right around the corner. So things are really lining up very well here for Broncos country. Yeah. Also, uh, we got Travis coming in saying good evening, Luke, Nick, and Scott and Broncos country. Hope everyone's having a great day. Uh, thank you so much. Dale's in the house too. Good to see you, Dale. Uh, Ernie Mays is in the house. Miller 707 coming in saying really feel people are sleeping on Javante Williams. Uh, not in Broncos country, but maybe nationally we can get into that. Uh, he is my breakout player for the Broncos. He's going to run all over the opposition because the focus will be elsewhere. He is too talented. Uh, so this is maybe a good conversation, a good leeway uh, into our main topic here today, where are the Broncos going to be more of a 
run-centric or pass-centric team this season. And let me tell you, if the Broncos last year, we can just get into the data here. Uh, the Broncos last year faced more number, a higher rate of defenders in the box than any other team in football uh, offensively. So this season with Russell Wilson coming over, teams are going to respect the pass a little bit more. That means Russell uh, Javante Williams should be able to run ragged. The question is, is he going to have the volume of carries where he is running ragged? You know, last year, the Broncos trying to control the clock. Definitely are more of a 50, 50 split team. Does that change this year with Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett coming to town? Uh, the, the split of carries to pass you uh, passing attempts. Yeah, I think it's going to change a little bit because I think in Green Bay, you saw Nathaniel Hackett and I know he wasn't the head coach, but at yeah. least he had his fingerprints on an offense that loved to use three running backs, not just two, not just one. Yeah. And they've got amazing running backs out there in Green Bay. Um, so don't sleep on Mike Boone for me. I, I hear the Javante Williams thing. I'm I'm no fan of Melvin Gordon. I made that that known. But Mike Boone, for me, is a sleeper. I don't think Javante Williams is. I could see an offense if I'm just going to go out here without looking at the data and say, Russell Wilson likes to take deep, deep shots. Okay, Russell Wilson takes a deep shot. Then what? Broncos are a little bit closer to the red zone. Do you still want to throw? You still want to wheel and deal? Because you certainly can. You just drafted a, a Greg Dolchich out of UCLA. You've got some guy named Albert O who's pretty dang tall and athletic. Oh, and by the way, Eric Saubert is back in the house, and I know I'm missing one tight end. Is it uh, Tomlinson? Yep, Eric Tomlinson. Yep, so you've got options outside of the wide receiver position, and you really need some of those big bodies in the red zone. Now, if you don't want to run the ball, let's look at what kind of package we're going to sit out there anyway. You want your big wide receivers that are known for blocking in Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. Maybe you stick those guys in the red zone a little bit as well because the defenses have to plan for not only the pass, but how are our little defensive backs and safeties going to overcome for some of these Broncos big wide receivers that are very fundamentally coached by Coach Zach Azani to black, block their ass off. And Quinn Miners yeah. talked about it last week saying, we've got to block and block and block until the play is absolutely over. We know that Russell Wilson can extend things, but it was very telling to me that Quinn Miners wouldn't commit on not only what position he was going to be looking at for this season, but he talked about running the ball almost the entire press conference through six, seven questions. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, running the football is going to be important for the Broncos this year, and you have to be good enough running the football that opposing defenses have to respect it uh, personnel-wise and scheme-wise uh, with the run fits and everything, the type of coverages they are using. Uh, so Rodney coming in here too, saying good evening, Nick and Luke in Broncos country. Hope all is well. Can't wait for Broncos football. Go Denver. Yeah, I'm really excited. Gosh, what are we three months now until the season kicks off or something like that. It's right around the corner. Got my week one tickets here. So if you guys are coming out to Seattle to buy, which I think is the most expensive tickets that are for sale right now and all of the NFL, uh, that week one Monday night game in Seattle, uh, come say hello. Cause I will be there. Uh, are you going, with... man? That's awesome. Good for you, dude. Yeah, That's going to be yeah. sweet. I, uh, I was thinking about you today because anytime drew lock pops up, I'm going to think of you, right? The original haters, the show MHI, oh gosh. but People uh, say so. <laughs> they were saying, was it a New York post tweet that was saying like Geno Smith in the lead for lackluster quarterback yep. or whatever. And I'm like, Oh man, Nick is just being bombarded with this stuff and he's heard it for Glass years kid. and he can't get away from it. And that's cool. You're going to the game, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Be sure to reach out. I know we got Broncos country out there in Seattle too. So uh, if you're going to that first Seahawks game, get at Nick Kendall at Nick Kendall MHH on Twitter. Absolutely. You can get at me, yours truly, at Luke Patterson LP. I'll be out there at training camp every day, sweating. Uh, it's going to be fun this year, though, man. I'm already talking to some Broncos fans on Twitter, on Facebook, and they're like, dude, we're planning to get there at 4 a.m. and camp out for the morning, maybe even the night if they'll let us beforehand. Broncos country is going to be jam packed this summer forget the water parks forget the reservoirs forget the lakes the boats all eyes are going to be on russell wilson and the new broncos offense at ucl training center this summer yeah and we'll get to peter's comment here in a second but if you guys are going to be like luke joining uh, him out there in dove valley to watch the broncos camp or joining me week one make sure you head on first over to huddleuppod.com to check out the gear there if you're going to be sitting out there watching broncos practice you're going to want to make sure that a Wear your sunscreen. We say melanoma in yes. this podcast. Absolutely no. Um, I worked at Odelaire and Golan G for a while. And let me tell you, you do not want to mess with uh, skin cancer. Oh my gosh. Um, but 
huddleuppod.com. Uh, get your gear, get your hats, protect yourself from the sun. The anti-aging too with the wrinkles too. So make sure you're checking out the gears that we have stuff for MHI. We got Broncos for breakfast hat here. We got the building the Broncos hat here also. So making it rain, <laughs> making Let's it rain it. MHH gear. I absolutely, absolutely love it. Dripping in swag. No, and it's cool too, because look, a lot, we got a lot of parents here on, on this mm-hmm publication these podcasts and stuff like that you get some for your baby or baby gift shower coffee mug you guys are rocking broncos for breakfast um i got my guy too i know you've seen it thomas hall out there Mm -hmm. putting in some serious work uh thomas hall writes some really good articles for us at mahahuddle.com you can find those over there but he has started a new podcast every friday morning called the legends of mile high and you'll actually get to check me out with thomas and next saturday as thomas will be my special guest co-hosting so be sure to head on over to at thomas hall nfl and give our guy a follow there as well because uh thomas is one of the most knowledgeable i think men i've ever spoke with let alone football minds or anything like that he's a numbers guy um and just an absolute gem of a person so be sure to give him a shout out as well here we go pete you've waited I'm going to ask it. Which areas of the offense will we rate highly? Any positive or negative surprises? Well, for me, I'm going right off the bat. Running backs. You are absolutely stacked. Javante Williams does not have a lot of wear uh, on on those tires. This guy, I think Pro Football Focus, the draft Twitter handle or whatever, already put Javante Williams out there, an image of him, getting ready to go wild in year two, promoting the season. People know about Javante Williams. The league knows about Javante Williams. You saw teams in this draft try to find the next Javante Williams, but second round Javante Williams didn't come around this year. Um, I absolutely love this kid. I also look again, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it. It's not sexy. The blocking of Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton as big bodied Mm -hmm. wide receivers. When you've got 10 personnel, 11 personnel, when you don't need to go big body, 12 personnel with multiple tight ends or even fullbacks. I don't know what that means for Andrew Beck and guys like that making the team, but I absolutely love the versatility that you can do just from a ground and pound nature. Yeah, for the ground and pound nature, I agree with you. And we talked about it. I hinted at it earlier. The Broncos last year had the single worst um, rate of defensive players in the box. Uh, I guess for a passing perspective, that's a good thing because you want to have less guy. You want more guys in the box. That way you can hit them over the top. But with Russell Wilson, I'm guessing you're going to see a big shift there with less guys in the box, more space to get those medium chunk yards. Uh, but the big issue for me there, and to talk about negative surprises, maybe this isn't so much a negative surprise, but I think a big onus this season is going to be on the interior offensive line tree. And we talked about Quinn Miners. I'm excited to see what he can do this year, but he's still a question mark for me. I mean, his pass protection is hit or miss. So even some of his run blocking up, sustaining the blocks are sometimes erratic uh, last year on tape. Lloyd Cushenberry, bottom five, bottom 10 center. And I don't think Dalton Reisner's spot is uh, a given either. I think Dalton's going to have to battle with Tom Compton, with Graham Glasgow for that left guard spot. So uh, maybe not so much a negative surprise, but an area on this offense that could be make or break for how good they can be is how good specifically the interior offensive line trios. And I know we're all talking right tackle. We have been for years, but uh, the interior offensive line last year was not good enough as run blockers. And uh, this season they should have more room to operate, but if they can be that much better, that could be the difference between a top 10 offense and a top five mm-hmm. offense. Now, Peter, I'm going to give you a negative answer real quick, because this is something that I heard actually a few days ago, verified it with multiple sources. So MHI exclusive, Watch that slot wide receiver position. Um, that That's something that people are trying to figure out because Jerry Judy can definitely be utilized there, and so can K.J. Hamler. But mm-hmm. do not be surprised, folks, if you see K.J. Hamler start the year off maybe a little bit slower. They're being very careful with him right now. Um, was told today that maybe he would not be starting right away. He's not going to be like immediately thrown into training camp, not because he's not ready, but because they really want to take things easy with KJ Hamler. They want to make sure that come business time when they need him and it's the nitty gritty of the season and you are fighting in the best division of all of football that they've got him. So do not be surprised if you see KJ Hamler eventually end up maybe on that pop list, uh, maybe taking some training camp days off, things like that. Don't be alarmed. They're just kid gloves. I get it. KJ Hamler has definitely got to come onto the scene and I think he will. He talked about that. What? Two weeks ago, last week, maybe. And um, I like it. There's no need to rush him. You've got a wide receiver room. That's absolutely stacked. 
100%. And Peter also says, great answer over on Facebook. So if you guys like the answers we're giving right now, just enjoying the content, the community, etc. Make sure you're clicking the thumbs up over on Facebook and YouTube and like and subscribing over there on YouTube. So uh, coming back to the main question here of the show, what will this Broncos offense look like this season? I know a lot of the conversation surrounds the personnel because, again, I just said it earlier. It's about the uh, about the Jimmys and Joes, not as much the X's and O's, but we are trying to craft together an offense right now with a lot of questionable pieces that are going to be together working with each other for the first time this season. So we can look back at Russell Wilson. We can look back at what the Broncos have done. But I thought would be interesting here is what happened with Nathaniel Hackett's offense, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers last year. What was their split like last season? Because obviously Aaron Rodgers coming off the back-to-back MVP season, that's a team that obviously wants to air it out because that's what a back-to-back MVP team looks like. And I've seen some people in Broncos country throw out numbers like, oh, the Broncos are going to throw it 60, 65% of the time. And while, okay, maybe some games that kind of works out that way. But last year, the Packers, with a team that's coming off back-to-back MVPs, what do you think the split was uh, for the Packers last year? Luke, do you have any idea? I I have not looked at it. If I'm guessing, uh, so we're just talking about what run to pass percentage, like 60, 50, 50, 60, 40, things like that. Um, I would say that it was probably, uh, let's go. Oh man, you're putting me on the spot. Now I'm starting to get a little nervous. I'm going to go 60. Yeah. 64. Let's go 60, 40 pass. 57, uh, pretty much 60, 40, so 57 pass to 43 run. So mm-hmm. a little bit more on the run game. They like to use even th- this is also, I think an important caveat as well. The Packers use the running backs a lot in the pass game, which I think is an extension of the run game also. So I think it's even closer Why? as far as if you want to look at Why? real quick, let's go back to that yeah. because I think that's extremely important. What you just said that it said there and say it again, the running back, the game of the running back and the utilization of a running back is important in the passing game. Why do you feel that that is, that is important in the 2022 offense Uh, for the Broncos specifically? I don't think you're going to see as many short middle of the field passes. It's going to be a lot of home run to check down options. And the check down is a way for Russell Wilson to, even if it's an, an outlet pass, it's a way to get positive yards uh, outside of a play rather than just killing it. So you have some players also in Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams who are great in space. And even if they're not running complex Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara type of routes out of the backfield, you get those guys the ball and just give them a chance. Sometimes they might take a lost play where the defense did everything right and make it flipped on its head and you get 10, 15 yards in a first down. So I would expect these running backs to be a big part of the run, a uh, big part of the pass game. And even if the split is closer to, let's say 60, 40, I might even argue that it's closer to 55, 45, because a lot of those passing yards are going to be worked through the running backs. Yeah, absolutely. And people don't realize that Javante Williams can catch the ball. Nick, it's something that I try to remind folks he can do it and he's not a a polished route runner. No, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's not Christian McCaffrey, but he can catch the ball. So if you can get this cat on a swing route, uh, Russell Wilson's smart enough to not only one identify the blitz, but two call the offensive line slide. And he tests these guys every week all about it. I'm just envisioning right now a shotgun sets. Uh, Javante Williams sitting back there as a pass pro running back. Russell Wilson slide protection to the left. Well, that frees Javante Williams up immediately if he doesn't see a second individual blitzer coming into that offensive line. Well, there's a halfback swing route you could do. You could run a Texas route, all sort of little things. And like you said, that's that potential check down option because, you know, Russ is looking deep. That deep connection is there, folks. We see it all over social media. But Russell Wilson's going to take what the defense gives him. For the love of God, we just saw him watching the best film with Peyton Manning. I mean, if you're the, the hairs on your arm and back of your neck didn't go up watching that check your pulse because that was absolutely wicked to sit there and watch and Mr. Unlimited. I see you, Kathy. I'm going to get in there. Uh, Mr. Unlimited and the sheriff going through that. Peyton Manning used to always, what'd he say, Nick? You don't go broke taking a profit. And he understood that in the latter years of his career. Russell Wilson's not even in those latter years of his career yet. So yeah. watch out, man, because Melvin Gordon, he can catch the ball. Can he hang on to it? That's another question. Uh, Mike Boone, he can catch the ball. So yeah expect these running backs to have some responsibility in the passing game as well. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll circle back to that in a second, but first Kathy coming in saying Tim Patrick was such a stud last year with Shermer and Locke. This year's potential is unlimited as uh, say it, Luke, he did unlimited hundred percent. It's going to be great. I do want to see Tim Patrick last year. We give Tim Patrick a lot of credit 
uh, for his tough catch ability and also his blocking. But last year, I thought it took to dip a little bit. Um, he had, I think, three drop passes last season, more than Jerry Judy did last year as well. And uh, also, I thought his run or his blocking in general took a step back. Now, some of that might be because the offense was not very good, just kind of things kind of falling apart, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, hopefully this year will be a little bit better for Tim Patrick. Not that it was bad last year, um, but I, I think it's kind of a little bit maybe not eye roll inducing, but like Jerry Judy catches a lot of flack for dropping footballs. When Tim Patrick dropped a lot last year, it really goes to show how much, you know, first impressions and uh, draft status mm. goes to uh, the onus of what people think about you as a player, but uh, hopefully it'll be better there in this year. Um, Cause like the data it. last year was not as good. I like it, Nick. Yeah. These guys yeah. can improve. Absolutely. Yep. And just cause we all love Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, all these guys doesn't mean they can't improve. We've got to be critical of their game as well. Otherwise tune into another station that you're not going to get that here. No. I agree. There, there at times, the drops, I think, have been forgotten with Tim Patrick, even by me. So now that you're reminding me, it's absolutely that's that's got to be there. Um, just like our guy, Andrew Baker. He's always there, always there, always there for us here on MHI. What's up, Andrew? Hope you're doing well, baby. He's got that Javante Williams Pookie jersey. He's knowing big things are coming from Big Pookie. What's up, MHI? What's up, Broncos country? Nick, who is going to be or should be Russell Wilson's go to guy? I also think that Alberto and Weird Al Yank Dolchich should end the Russ narrative of not using tight end. My guy, Andrew Baker. I love it. This is a good, good, excellent conversation, Nick. Let's get into it. First, let's leave this up for just a second, if we could, Scott. Who's going to be Russell Wilson's go-to guy, or who do you think should be the go-to guy? I think as far as play style and physical ability, the best your best wide receiver should be the go-to guy. And uh, this isn't just Russell Wilson. This is also Nathaniel Hackett uh, with the Packers last year, making Devonte Adams by far the go-to guy in that offense. And I think that's Cortland Sutton uh, for this offense. I think Cortland Sutton's the best deep threat on the team. I think he's the best guy in contested catch situations. I think he's going to be the toughest over the middle of the field. So I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton as far as being the go-to guy. And as far as the narrative of a tight end, um, being not as used by Russell Wilson. Some of that is because, you know, the best guys he was throwing to were Nick Vanette and Will Disley um, recently in his career. Some of it is the where, where he attacks the field, but I'm curious um, if by the end of the year, because we're talking right now, oh, is Baron Browning going to be in stack linebacker? Or is he going to be an edge rusher? Another linebacker. guy that's kind inside. of inside. I mean, they're gonna be I, I'm hoping don't, you got to give me hope, Nick. I'm I'm just saying I'm hoping. I don't know, obviously, because George Payton has got things a lot yeah. down over there, but I'm hoping, man, you're right. I think it's both. But, but the guy here that I'm curious about his role this season is Albert Okwebenam. And the reason for that is the Packers last year used a tight end wide receiver hybrid by the name of Alan Lazard, who really not a good blocker in line, not an inline player, but Horrible. used a lot as a essentially what is known as an F tight end detached a big slot player. And I think that is where Albert Okwebenam is going to find himself this season in this offense. Maybe it's a little bit of a niche role, maybe somewhat of a gadget player, not the Isaiah McKenzie gadget, but uh, there'll be a niche role for him. But I think it's going to be more so detached from the line of scrimmage as a big slot, more so than an actual tight end uh, based on what mm -hmm. I'm hearing. And also just trying to picture what the Packers offense done and how it pertains to its Broncos offense. Alan Lazard's pretty, I think the best comparison. Uh, for what they've used with a player of uh, Alberto Cuevanom's skill set. That's interesting. I like that a lot. I hadn't really considered that. Um, that would allow you to utilize the different types of tight ends in your room a yep. little bit more. Yep. I really like Eric Saubert, man. He was one of my superstars last year in training camp. I had no idea who he was and, uh, until I saw him last year. This guy can catch the ball and be a serviceable tight end. He's not going to be a playmaker like Alberto. Um, but Greg Dolchich, man, I think this guy is coming. I think he's going to burst onto the scene. Talked to Carl about it last week on MHI and just said, can't you just feel or just, I don't know. There's this energy about this young man. I can see him being a superstar in this league. And when he's saying, I'm willing to block, I'm willing to do the dirty things. I'm looking at Albert O like, well, we know that you've really struggled in blocking. That's not to say Greg Dolchich won't either, but he has a little bit more of a nastiness to him, in my opinion, just personality wise. I have yet to see him down there or anything like that, but he's got a little bit more of that alpha dog to him. So I'm looking at the tight end position like, man, I think I think they may have themselves something here with you, this UCLA cap. But we've got to see Nick, as you know, it's a huge transition from college over to the NFL. Yeah. And uh, heck, these guys are sucking wind right now. I'm trying to get used to altitude. 
and, and just start talking about some of those differences. Um, for me, I would go Tim Patrick as my mm-hmm. go-to guy for Russell Wilson, just because he's the blue collar show up with his lunch pail and his construction boots ready to work every day. Um, is he going to make some mistakes? You bet. But is he going to be there for you to lean on? Always. I don't think he's a playmaking wide receiver that you're going to be seeing top 10 videos on sports center of. Um, he doesn't really like to talk. I know he sometimes gives some really funny answers and things like that. He's not a flashy guy, but Tim Patrick, man, he's just overliable. He's like that bad penny. You just can't get away but there's nothing wrong with money and you got some money with Tim Patrick. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Tim Patrick will be fun this year. I'm excited for all the pass catchers. I mean, gosh, it's however it breaks out. It might be just who's healthy and what makes sense yeah. scheme wise week to week. You know, if there's a weakness, the Broncos have enough weapons right now where in theory, it doesn't just have to be, this is our guy. We go to him. It's what is the opposing team weakest at? Oh, it's your slot cornerback. Yeah. We're going to attack there this week. Oh, it's your boundary cornerback. We're going to attack there this week. So um, a lot of that is going to depend on, how good uh, Justin Outen and Nathaniel Hackett are at their jobs as well. And uh, the offensive line, make sure they're clicking. I mean, they can't finish as a bottom 10 unit this year. They need to finish closer to middle of the pack or better. Um, But in in theory, on paper, the Broncos should be able to do that and attack weaknesses. So that should be good. Uh, Peter coming in, making sure, helping us out here, attacking our weaknesses, um, saying, would you guys trust (laughs) Judy or Patrick as a go-to guy? Great wide receiver, two options, but not wide receiver one yet. Um, Good. Trust, yes, you, they're the guys you have. They're your playmakers, and you got to put them in situations where they can tr- or make them prove you wrong for trusting them, right? I think it's kind of a clean slate for a lot of these guys coming in here. You got a new coaching staff, a new quarterback. Uh, we're going to go in and trust you, but when you give us reasons not to trust you, that's when we'll pull back. So, right now, yes, we trust them. Um, and we also got to Travis coming in here talking about Judy and pertaining to trust as well saying not knocking Judy, but asked this question last night with Judy's attitude with his cryptic messages on media and whatnot with the incident with his girlfriend based on his character. Do we see him possibly being expendable Um, Mm, from what I was gathering before even all this stuff came out this year, that Judy seemed like to be a guy that if anybody was on the outside looking in based on a trade more so next off season, this this off season, it probably was Judy um, based on where the contracts are set up based on the style of play, et cetera, et cetera, based on his, struggles blocking from the slot as well, which is going to be a big part of this offense from what I can gather. Um, So he seemed like the one that was the most likely out. And then you have all these other incidents, the cryptic tweets, other stuff behind the scenes I've heard um, as well. So we have to watch out for that with Judy. Every single player is somewhat expendable, right? Like that's, there's a price for everybody. So um, hopefully he figures it all out and is better this year and pulling for him. But uh, right now things are a little bit disappointing for Judy right now, but guess what? He's going to have a chance to turn it, turn around. His story is far from written. So um, if there's any, if anybody thinks this is negative and pooping on Judy, this is a positive. He, every, he has all the power in the world right now to make this a good story and a turnaround and this be his lowest point and all sunshine and rainbows from here. Yeah. His story it's, it's continuing to be written. It's not over, but the first couple chapters have been pretty shitty. If we're going to be honest, I mean, yeah. it's, it's been overwhelming or underwhelming rather. Here's what I'm going to say. Carl and I talked about it last week because it's our responsibility, right? To talk about the news, Jerry, Judy, and stuff like that. The one thing I'll say about that, I'm very pleased that there was no violence, especially when there's a baby or a kid involved. Yes. Um, is it a messy? Is it a mess? Is it horrible? Yeah. Do I want it? No. It's but was, was anyone hurt? No. So I'm willing to look past that. Nick, I did so much stupid crap when I was a kid, man. And I thank goodness I'm not a high profile wide receiver like Jerry Judy, because some of those things probably would have come out. But here's what I'm going to say. And I don't mean this by disrespect or anything like that. But the previous question was, would you rather trust Tim Patrick or Jerry Judy? Right now, I'm trusting Tim Patrick. Because he's a proven commodity. Uh, He doesn't have the talent that Jerry Judy has. But he shouldn't be faulted for that. Jerry Judy, to me right now, feels like he has a lot of growing up to do. He's a father. I know that I did my most growing up when I became a father. Absolutely. My daughter changed my life. Made me a better man. Made me a better husband. And really made me evaluate my responsibilities. So what's to say that that couldn't happen with Jerry Judy? We just got to wait. Nick Lujan is weighing in real, real quick here. If I could pop that right up. Um, if you want to be the best, you got to take out the best. Bring on the Chiefs. Hashtag let's ride. Yeah, bring on the Chiefs. That is absolutely right. My guy, Jason Bolin, who commented earlier, is going to be behind enemy lines in Arrowhead with his family as he was last year for that those Chiefs games. And uh, 
Chiefs Kingdom is really quiet lately, Nick. I, I don't see a lot of chatter on Twitter or anything from them. I think the AFC West knows it's going down, but on Slack app, behind the scenes, right? Zach Kelberman today said he was writing up an article, and I don't remember who said it, but there was a former player that came out and said he picked the Broncos to finish dead last in the AFC West, which I thought was absolutely outrageous, but folks are really honed into this division nick we're talking about the broncos offense that's why we're not even talking they're not talking about defensive players in the afc west sure there are pass rushers galore but look at the receivers look at the quarterbacks look at the offensive minds that is what is ultimately getting everybody buzzing yeah i mean rightfully so it's going to be a fun division this year a lot of uh primetime games and picking the broncos last i mean i guess i won't fight anybody too hard if they want to pick the broncos last i think it's pretty obvious on paper that the raiders are the worst team in the division. Uh, they have the worst offensive line. They have the worst secondary. They have the worst quarterback. I mean, rookie head ding, coach. ding, ding. Yeah. I, I mean, shouldn't say rookie, but he's horrible and he's retrying it again. So yeah. he's reborn. He's been reborn. He's no longer a Bill Belichick disciple or whatever. So I just, it's a mess. Yeah. It's just all those things. It's like, okay, well, what does Vegas say? Vegas has the Raiders as the worst team. Okay, you just want to be hot taking. You want to crap on Wilson for this soundbite. Good for you. Have a good day. I'm not taking you seriously. I'm not getting too upset about it. So he KJ Wright upset. said that, by the okay. way, too. It was, uh, yeah, I'm looking at it real quick from Zach. He said, KJ Wright predicts the Denver Broncos will finish last in the AFC West. KJ Wright, you were so wrong. You're so wrong. And how dare you? Didn't, you know, I just, I, I, mean, him I don't and Nick see it. Him and Nick Wright just got to share the last name with their amount of wrongness right now. Just uh, related just in uh, terrible football takes. It's whatever. Um, it's whatever. Uh, we, the Knicks don't claim uh, Nick Wright. Nick wrong more like it. But uh, Raiders, obviously, the worst team in the division. Kathy was um, all over it. Man, in my like opinion. she always is. Yeah, dude, I agree, man. The Raiders are definitely – they got to figure it out. They think just because Devontae Adams is here that all their problems are solved. And right. – uh, I don't know about that, man. But quarterbacks, Russell Wilson is obviously the biggest reason with this offense. But we know he likes to air it out, Nick. But don't be surprised to see the checkdowns. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Now, yeah. I think there's the connotation that when he was bumping heads with Seattle and not feeling like he was included or being valued in the decisions of not only the franchise, but specifically the offensive direction of things. I think people sometimes wonder, well, does that mean he just doesn't want to run the ball? He doesn't want to use Richard Penny. He doesn't want to use these running backs or anything. No, I don't think that's it. How are we using these running backs? Is yeah. Are we using predictable schemes that, that teams have already planned for? I, I mean, I think Russell Wilson understands the significance of the running back position. He's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback for crying out loud. All of them understand the position of running back and what they can ultimately utilize that running back position for. Think about it. Pass protection, catching, and running the ball. That is an extremely important position that Russell Wilson will definitely utilize. You're 100% correct in that. And also last year, I'm um, talking about the Broncos, maybe. What is the run split going to be this season? Well, let's say it's 55-45, 60-40. Even then, they're probably going to use the running backs a good bit in the past game. Now this is not a one for one because everybody knows the Packers pass catchers last year outside of Devontae Adams were not very good um, on paper. I mean, we'll see how Mardez Val Valdez Scantling does and Alan Lazard and all that stuff this season, you know uh, how the dynamics have changed there in green Bay and uh, Valdez Scantling there in Kansas city. Uh, but the number two, as far as receptions go last year, receiver for the Packers offense for the entire offense last year, receptions wise, Aaron Jones, 52 catches number wow. four receiver for the Packers last year. Their second running back, A.J. Dillon, 34 receptions. Alan Lazard had 40, Randall Cobb at 28, Mar Marquez Valdez-Scantling only 26. So even if the split this season for the Broncos pass game is closer to 60-40, when the touches are put out between running back to tight end slash wide receiver, it really might be closer to 50-50. Now, what's the offense going to look like with how the Packers utilized so much RPO and quick outs and speed and glances last season? Um, we will see um, what that looks like for the Broncos with Russell Wilson. I don't think it can be a one for one given how much the Packers offense relied on that dagger route, which Russell <laughs> Wilson has not thrown very much in his entire career. Some of that nope. might be due to his height. Um, we're going to fix, we're fixing to find out how it looks. Um, but um, either way, let's say the split is 60, 40. I think it's intellectually speaking or academically speaking, it's going to be closer to 50, 50 because of how much the running backs are going to be also used as a dump off option in the home run to check down kind of offense with Russell Wilson. Here's what I'm also hearing talking about KJ Hamler. 
I'm also hearing there are funky little packages for different players, different receivers. <laughs> Brought to you by Manscaped. Shocking, right? Absolutely. Sh- yeah, funny little packages. Uh, no, uh, expect it. You're seeing it in the league. You're seeing wide receivers like Debo Samuel. No, KJ Hillmer's not Debo Samuel. Let's just get that out of the way. You're seeing guys being utilized utilized out of the backfield. And it's not just through reverses anymore. It's not just through jet sweeps. Look at Kyle Shanahan and what he's doing right now. Is He's flipping the game on its head, putting wide receivers back there at the running back position, and it's working consistently so um don't be surprised if you see some of those things but i want to get to ej here saying nick and luke who do you think will be the broncos starting center against seattle kush or glasgow i'd prefer glasgow question mark um i'm gonna go ahead and say it right now i think graham glasgow is going to be a camp casualty in in, in this training camp i think that Mm -hmm. his injury history some of that expense um He'll get picked up right away. Make no mistake yeah. about it. But I don't know. I have a real issue with Graham Glasgow while he's been versatile. And yes, he played center in Detroit. What? Three years ago now. Um, that doesn't make him a professional center. Does it make him a competent center? Maybe. But Lloyd Cushenberry, there have obviously been problems there. I think there should be some competition. But Quinn Miners would not commit last week, Nick, when they asked, what position are you are you uh, expecting to play? Something along those lines. And he said, I really don't want to get into that right now. I'm just trying to improve and be the best player I am. My ears perked up. And I'm thinking, you're not only trying to get reps at guard you're probably getting some reps at center as well does that mean quinn miners is your starting center i don't know um he definitely got reps at it last training camp and then they moved him over to guard i like him at guard a lot i would like him to settle down there but i think you're going to see lloyd cushionberry ultimately start week one in seattle i think it's going to be cushionberry as well i think the broncos depending on how the draft would have played out, probably would have been okay uh, upgrading the position and uh, bringing in some competition for Cushionberry, but it didn't play out that way. Instead, the Broncos got a pass rusher and a tight end rather than like if Cam Jurgens, who I think went to the Eagles there in the middle of the second round, if he fell to pick 64, I'm thinking he's your starting center right now. And uh, Nick Benito is not on this team, mm-hmm. um, but and I'd be okay with, I'd have yeah. been all right with that, to be honest yeah. with you. Like, and Absolutely. I'm not trying to hate on Nick Benito who was blocked to half of our staff, by the way. <laughs> It's fine. Uh, if that makes him if that makes him feel like he has more control over his world and everything like that. Clearly, Nick was blocked and I was not. <laughs> uh, we joked about that behind the scenes and it happens, right? And if it makes you feel better, yeah. Nick, Woody, Woody, Woody won't won't give me any love. And I asked my guys, a few of my guys on the, in the radio business about it. I'm like, why won't Woody give me any love? I asked Dan Jacobs actually, and he goes, I asked Woody, and Woody said if he could, he would block you seven times over. And I'm like, Woody, I God. love you, Woody. You're my guy. Um, but yeah, Kush, the improvements, they've got to be there. And yeah. Quinn Miners also talked about Butch Berry, our new offensive line coach, right? And he came over and spent some time with the Vikings had spent some time with the Niners or not the Vikings, the Packers and spent some time with the Niners. He's got a bunch of coaching experience. This is his first offensive line head coach or not head coach, but his first offensive line coaching gig where he is the guy. He's no longer an assistant. Miner said he's intense, man. He'll get after you. Uh, I don't know if he has any Bill Kolar to him, but I don't expect Butch Berry to be okay with uh, Lloyd Cushenberry just getting boat raced and pass protection (laughs) or just getting thrown around. Um, I don't see that working. So if if Butch Berry says Cush is the guy, I think you got to give him a little time. And it's definitely a position that uh, there could be some competition there. I heard that originally they were all set on – Quinn Miners being right guard, but if camp works out a certain way and Miners looks competent there at center and uh, let's say Cushenberry has not stepped forward at all and they'd rather get Compton there or uh, let's say Glasgow right guard or shifted around, then that's definitely Moody? a possibility. Uh, and, 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 I think Moody's Moody out. in the in the competition, because I would think if that's the case, so was it Carl that said maybe Compton at center a couple weeks ago on Twitter? Did I see that? I don't remember Carl saying that. I don't, I think they'd rather have Compton at guard. Um, I think your center options are Cushenberry, Glasgow, and uh, Miners before Compton um, at left guard. Maybe right guard, but it sounds like left guard for Compton. Um, But uh, we'll see. I mean, gosh, they have a lot of versatility there. The only guy that I feel competent uh, putting him in a single spot is uh, Garrett Bowles. So the offensive line rotation and competition is going to be a lot of fun this year. 
And I know that a lot of people, you know, given he's been starting for three years now, local kid, got a lot of hype coming out of the draft because he was a pretty well-known guy as well. But I think Dalton Reisner with his play last year was okay, but not good enough where he is cemented either. I think he's going to have to earn his spot at left guard this year. So we'll be, uh, we'll be fun to see how that works. A lot of competition just because we don't know who's going to play. It doesn't mean the offensive line is going to be bad. Just need to see how it all shakes out. And I can't figure it out with Kush and it bothers yeah. me. Yeah. I think that it bothers every, it bothers him. Uh, he came out last year in training camp and said, look, dude, as a rookie, Stuff wasn't big enough. It wasn't good enough. I went in the weight room. I I, I got bigger, um, looked great physically. He's very smart. It seems like a good guy, but I just I can't figure it out with him. Maybe he's a late bloomer, so to speak, in the NFL, and maybe this year three and maybe a competent quarterback is what a starting center needs in the NFL. I can't believe I just said that. Uh, but it, it doesn't really feel to me like the game is the X's and O's of the game at the center position are over Lloyd Cushenberry's head. I think he's totally with it so much so that I can tell you he was calling out the defenses for Drew Locke uh, as a rookie. So there we go. But here we go. Speaking of that guy, uh, Miller 707 champ coming in. What's up, man? Thank you so much for joining MHI with Nick Scott and I. Who do you see as Seattle's starting quarterback against Denver? I feel there is no way they won't give Locke the opportunity to beat his old team, and you know he is gunning for it. Nick, you'll be there. Do you expect to see Drew Locke as QB1 for the Seattle Seahawks? I don't. I don't. I think it'll be Drew Locke. (laughs) Say it a little louder for the people in the back. I absolutely love it, man, especially because it's an honest answer. Um, Go for it. Tell us why. I mean, Drew Locke is a guy who plays very emotional football, which can be a good thing, but sometimes can be a bad thing as well. It sounds like Geno Smith is leading right now and also talking about he's going to be gunning for his old team. I don't think anybody in that Seattle locker room or the coaching staff is going to give a flying you-know-what about the narrative about Drew Locke taking it his own team. They care about winning the football game. And guess what? The guys in the locker room are going to know in training camp probably which quarterback is the better one. And so narrative or not, they're going to want the best guy to play. And it sounds like right now, Geno Smith is leading the charge there as the uh, number one quarterback. So uh, I, do I expect it for Drew Locke to be the starter? No, I think it'll be Geno Smith. Could it happen? For sure. Neither of these quarterbacks have put out anything close to being good enough to be a for sure starting quarterback in the NFL right now. So this is that's where they are. It's kind of the same position the Broncos have been at for a number of years. So I uh, do not expect Drew Locke week one. Will I be surprised? No, but I'd be equally unsurprised if uh, he didn't start at all next year because Geno Smith was the starter. I love it, Miller. I absolutely love it because I think you're hit on, you hit on something there, and I'm going to respectfully disagree, Nick. I think he will start, not because he should, mm-hmm. but because Pete Carroll is just – he's dug in, man, <laughs> about this divorce from Russell Wilson, right? It's back in the day when you broke up with your girlfriend – or your girlfriend broke up with you, yeah. right? And she was awesome, and you're still hung up over her, so – you go date another girl to try to make her feel jealous. And that other girl, she's just, she's not doing it for you. She doesn't have your heart. It's still the old Bay. You're a little spurned and you're trying to stick it to Bay. That's what the Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll are doing. I absolutely think Miller's right. You're going to see Drew Locke, if not for the revenge factor, the TV factor. This is a huge game. Let's not forget Russell Wilson coming back home, right, to Seattle. And uh, I can't wait to see the booze or what they're going to do to him there because, you know, I feel like half of the – the, the fan base is still like, we're hurt, but we love you. The other half is like, man, he's a cornflake. Uh, so I'm excited to see how it's going to go either way. Here's a good question coming from Pete. Um, does Wattenberg have any chance to get in the setter position? I think you see Wattenberg this year. Something went horribly wrong. Um, that's what it probably, I mean, that's, yeah. It means yeah. the guys, it means more so, I think, probably about the guys in front of him uh, struggling or injuries um, happening, which knock on wood, other than anything. I think Wattenberg's does have a long term chance, but center is a position where typically you see one to two years. And the Matt Paradis method, he was on practice squad year one and then started halfway through second year, something like that. So um, I think JD Walton before him, too. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, heck, Connor McGovern, uh, another one there for the Broncos center, practice squad uh, early on. So I think the ideal role here for Wattenberg this year is he's either practice squad. Maybe they want to keep uh, hide him, um, not hide him, but to keep him on the roster because they traded up for him. They obviously like him enough and thought somebody else was gunning for him to move up and get him. So maybe they have him as a, your Austin Schlotman role this season where he's yeah. your rotational across all three interior mm-hmm. spots. And then more likely starting uh, for a chance to start in 2023. Could it happen for sure? Well, 
a lot of these guys, like we said, come in with a clean slate. If he comes in and takes it, then God bless. The center spot is there. So if he takes it, that's amazing. But I think that realistic expectations-wise, we won't see him this year. And if we do see him, probably means something went wrong. Mm, completely agree. Andrew Baker, what's up, man? Our guy coming back in. Uh, Andrew Baker's been spitting fire tonight on MHI. Definitely having Peyton Manning vibes with Russell Wilson, but at the end of Manning's career, his genius football brain is what carried him through. So does Russ have that brain and will he be able to audible any play? Uh, absolutely. Russell Wilson has the brain. Um, I, I'm not going to so much as I'm not going to go down the road of like, who's more football savvy, Russell Wilson or Peyton Manning. I'm not sure anyone would ever answer that question. It's kind of a trick question, just like our show or the topic of our show, right? What's the Broncos offense going to be? Is it run heavy or is it pass heavy? Trick question, because you're probably going to get some of both. There's no right or wrong answer. Um, I think you're going to see Russell Wilson have the freedom and autonomy to do a lot of audibles to do what he feels is best. I think Nathaniel Hackett is very much about delegating. Um, I think Justin Outen is going to rely on Russell Wilson's veteran leadership and knowledge based off of his NFL success because Justin Outen, he was just coaching high school not too long ago, Nick. So he's been thrust into a very important role very early on. I think Russell Wilson's going to get the nod for sure and the benefit of the doubt when it comes to checking down, changing the play, calling timeouts, you name it. He's the field general, and that's why his ass is here. Yeah, and one more thing I wanted to get into just about the the spread of how this offense is going to look. But first, let's get into uh, Howard T's super chat uh, coming in here. $5. Thank you so much, Howard T. And if you Thanks, guys want to be like Howard, uh, helping us support the show, keeping us going here, your super chats and whatnot really drive the show and keep it going. So we appreciate that, Howard, supporting us, supporting MHI, but also supporting uh, the Huddle Up podcast in general. Um, coming in saying, I don't know if Hammer will stay healthy. He'll be used a lot better than previous years. And when he is on the field, he'll be a big weapon. I mean, be used a lot more than in previous years, but that's mainly not because of, I would say, coaching staff. I would say that's more because of durability issues. You know, we the reason he fell to the second round when he did, despite running reported, you know, four to something 40s was because he had hamstring issues coming out. We didn't see him run. Um, and then last year, was it week three? He suffered the significant injury. His hip had to have hip surgery as well on top of that. So um, hopefully we'll still, we will see a better handler this season, partially because the quarterback's going to be better. The spacing will be better. He'll be in the third year in the league. He came out as a young player as well. I think he was one of the younger players in that entire draft class uh, in 2020, but uh, it's all going to come down to, can he stay healthy? And uh, we just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Howard, I love it because I think sometimes that gets forgotten a little bit. Jerry Judy gets criticism rightfully. So, but he's the first round pick huge difference right then the second round pick but because of that i think kj hamler is off, often the forgotten man in that wide receiver room huge personality he uh definitely loves the camera definitely loves the mic um his teammates love him uh, from everything i've heard and he, he's just got that larger than life dynamic personality but can you play football can you be on the field? And, and that's what Howard's wondering here. And I mean, it's like Brock Osweiler said, right? What does he say? Best availability or best ability is availability. Yeah, that's totally true. It's corny. Make fun if you will. But uh, KJ yeah. Hamler doesn't want to be hurt. I'm not knocking him for that. It just is what it is. And I think Howard's exactly right. You've definitely got to wonder with KJ Hamler what his role is going to be. I'm telling you folks, I'm hearing whispers. There are already packages. They're trying to handle him with soft kid gloves and let those injuries they're 100 they're ready to go before they get him back into the game and you guys should be okay with that because your wide receiver room is stacked yep absolutely you're 100 correct thank you so much for the comment howard we appreciate you and for the support uh benjamin flores also saying what's up what's up benjamin flores hope you're doing pretty well hey, um we also got free earth citizen in the house here rocking saying manning had limited mobility so he needed to control everything on the field wilson's mobility renders uh, a much more freewheeling creative style yeah a lot of uh mm -hmm. just ad hoc like ad lib type of play there with russell wilson it's one of the reasons that a lot of people are curious about how Russell Wilson is going to age because the players who are far more cerebral centric, not that Wilson's not cerebral, but you're talking about like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Like that's a different level than almost any quarterback we've ever seen as far as the 38 year old plus style of play. Um, We just haven't seen that for Wilson and his play, style of play is gonna have to change a tad because right now a lot of his 
ability is on the broken play, getting outside the structure, uh, explosive passes down the field. It's going to have to evolve. Multiple quarterbacks have had multiple iterations of evolutions. Uh, so we'll see that as well. I'm curious to see again, talking about this offense with the RPOs and what Nathaniel Hackett's West coast uh, offense looks like. Can it meld with what Russell Wilson can do? Cause something that's happened with Russell Wilson in his career to date is that every offense he's been in, they kind of have ideas of what they want to be with these shifting of coordinators. And it always tends to, it always tends to devolve back into this Russell Wilson <laughs> free, as we said here, freewheeling, creative yeah. uh, ad lib style offense. Can we get away from that and be a little bit more key tenants with what Nathaniel Hackett wants to do? Don't know. Just don't know yet. We'll see. Yeah. And some of that, it makes me think of the longest yard, the remake with Adam Sandler and they're playing the guards. And he's like, man, you remember that play we were doing in the yard in the mud? And Terry Cruz's character is like, man, that was just some schoolyard BS. He's like, yeah, let's try some schoolyard BS. Well, those plays, those broken plays, Russell Wilson makes that happen. I like Free Earth Citizen bringing this up because his height has something to do with it too. All right. Like it is what it is. And Russell Wilson has proven himself, but man, you can't have these monsters up there, you know, with the Broncos offensive line. And I saw the comment in there too. Someone said Graham Glasgow is too tall to be the, the center and not at all. He, he would be an ideal center in terms of like um, physical traits and features with height and weight and stuff like that. But Russell likes to, to get out and make plays, become extended that's what he's got to do but i love the fact that he studies pass rushers as well um that's something that's very very unique to his game i can't wait to see garrett bowles this year man because garrett bowles is he's motivated he's hungry i i see this whole new mature garrett bowles and i think i like him now more than i ever have i don't know if i expect him to have some great year of just his best year ever but when he's saying man i'm coming in here to work my job's not guaranteed no one's gonna touch russ you know it pissed him off that that the the rookie out of the kansas city chiefs as soon as he gets drafted he's saying i can't wait to sack that little guy in denver which you know we at mile high huddle it was our responsibility nick to make sure that garrett bull saw that and uh, we all tagged Garrett Bowles in that, and he definitely had kind of given it a retweet like, yeah, all right, we're about to see. Uh, but Michael Ranquillo saying, great show tonight, guys. Luke, Nick, and Scott, let's ride and go Broncos. But, Nick, as we start to kind of wind down the show, man, we don't know what this offense is going to look like. We're going to get hints yeah. at training camp, and then we think we're going to know. But yeah. coaches save all their dirty little secrets and their secret playbook from the water boy, that green playbook. They save that for the regular season. Um, this game is about trends. It's going to take just a little bit for this offense to click, but I think you're going to see fireworks. Hopefully so. Um, gosh, it's going to be real exciting. The season's obviously just right around the corner. Thank you, Michael, for joining us today. Also saying great show, Michael Ronquillo. We appreciate you. And uh, guys, we're going to have to wrap it on up. Th- thank you for being patient with me hauling my butt on the boat there. Try not to create any wake, <laughs> but uh, it was a good time today. Good hey, day. Um, I was the what, you weren't on a Minnesota Vikings boat or anything like that that's causing true. trouble. God. So you yeah. were, you're good to go, man. You're out there in nature. And that's another thing, guys, is uh, spring and summer come up. Be sure to get out there. These podcasts are available wherever you usually get your podcasts, whether that be Apple, iTunes, Spotify, things like that. Take take this podcast on the hike with you. Uh, take it on, on the road. I know I listen, especially if I'm working or working out or anything like that. I love to just pop a, a, a podcast in from the Mile High Huddle crew, and then that way I can harass people over Slack or text or anything that I need to do. Uh, but be sure to get at all of us guys on, on Twitter. That's really cool. We love interacting with you guys because you're not only uh, the people that make this whole ship run, but you're, we consider you friends. Uh, it's absolutely awesome to meet you guys after years of talking. And um, we love this, man. It's, we get to do what we do. And that's because of you guys. Get it, Nick, at Nick Kendall, MHH. Yours truly, at Luke Patterson, LP. And, uh, yeah, Nick, what do you what do you got going on the rest of the weekend, man? I know the Avalanche are playing tonight. I'm not a hockey guy. So you can find me being that bitter guy saying I can't wait till hockey season's over. That's me right here. But the Avs, I guess, they've got things going in Utah. I think that series is at 1-1. Uh, lots of excitement here in the Mile High City for, for hockey, but – I'm sitting over here in the snow just waiting for football, baby. 
Yeah, the uh, the Avalanche are playing the Blues right now, and I think it's one to one, and the series is tied one to one as well. So uh, that's a good game right now. Hopefully, hopefully it'll go seven. Um, I'm I guess you can say I was raised a Blues fan, but I've probably watched about. 15 minutes of hockey all season. So if you want to come yell at me uh, that the, you know, Nick, how could you cheer for the blues? Quit screaming. I don't, I don't care that much. Um, it's okay. I watch the, <laughs> I watch Olympics hockey once every four years. I'm about that, you know, USA number one on that one. But other than that, take yeah. it or leave it. If you enjoy your hockey, then God bless you. Uh, I always called it. My roommates loved it. And I'm like, Oh, frozen stick ball. Good times. And that would really tick them off. Um, so I've got some go apps coming in here. Enjoy your frozen stick ball. It's great. Um, uh, I want too much football over a year to have time to watch much other, much other stuff to be be completely honest. So it is what it is. Um, I'm gonna go do a hike tomorrow for one of my friends' birthday. Gonna be up nice and early. And I went and saw, uh, drove down to Portland and back last night and got home about 3 a.m. So I am tired. I'm probably gonna go <laughs> ready up and uh, ugh, yeah, it's ready, been a long day. Ready to catch some Z's. Yeah, guys, we've got some very exciting news coming up for MHI. So you guys be sure to stay tuned for that over the next week or two. Um, Nick is going to be off next week because it's that time of year after the draft where we try to just take a couple days with our friends, a couple days with our families, try to just reset before training camp gets here. But Thomas Hall is going to be joining me. Please follow our good friend Thomas at Thomas Hall NFL. He is host of the Friday morning show, Legends of Mile High podcast. So Scott Thomas and I will be rocking next Saturday. Nick will be off, so be sure to hit up Nick at Nick Kendall MHH. You'll see those uh, gorgeous pictures he's always taken and sharing of nature. And Broncos country, be good to each other. Enjoy your weekend, and let's ride. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.